This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Thanksgiving Eve 2013, Wednesday, November 27th, 2013. Well, good morning, Connection Church, or good evening. <laughs> okay, so I you know, had good evening practice so much, you know, so good evening. <laughs> so funny. Okay, so my name's Lori Brown. I'm the pastor of spiritual formation here at Connection. And um, how is everybody tonight? Awesome, awesome. Wasn't that awesome just connecting with each other a few minutes ago? Yeah. Kind of like we're hungry for connection, right? Connection with each other, connection with God. So here we go. Um, as I said, my name is Lori. I'm the pastor of spiritual formation and a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. Yes. Ow! I love it. <laughs> All right. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, wow. I just thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for the breath of air life that you give each and every one of us. I thank you for each person here, each family that's represented, Lord, and um, we just pray that you would pour out your blessings on them. Lord, um, be with us here tonight. Open our ears, open our hearts, open our mind and our souls for the message that you have for us each tonight, a message of thanksgiving. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I know that many of you are probably like making preparations and plans for tomorrow, for tomorrow's big meal. Anybody doing that? Just a few of you? Okay. (laughs) Um, So what are we going to do? We're going to have not just a meal, right, but some of us are going to have a feast tomorrow. One with all the trimmings, turkey and ham and mashed potatoes, sweet potato pie, green beans, stuffing, gravy, cranberry sauce, and so many other things. I don't know what your family favorites are, but I bet you're um, looking forward to them tomorrow. Let's not forget all the desserts. Is anybody getting hungry yet? Okay. So our hope and prayer, though, is that each of you will have time whether you're at home with family, I know that a lot of people are working tomorrow, too. So wherever you are, if you're working, you're at home, you're with family, friends, whatever it is, we just pray that you have some good fellowship time with each other, some connection with God and with each other, and that you're able to share some of your thanksgivings and your praises with your family members. Now, for me, holidays from the past haven't always been joyous occasions. As many of you already knew, I grew up unchurched. My family of origin, we were kind of like a middle-class family, although I didn't know that. Like, I totally thought we were poor. Totally. (laughs) And, you know, some of the reasons why I thought that is, like, my mom actually made some of our clothes for school. She made me, she made these brown pants, right? They had pink elephants all over them. (laughs) Whew! Not something that an elementary student, you know, is like, it's not in the fashion statement. It wasn't a fashion statement back then. It might be now, but um, it wasn't back then. We lived in the country, which I called the middle of nowhere. 
Um, we didn't have many neighbors, and actually I think the closest neighbor with friends was about a mile away. So we had to do some hiking to get anywhere. Now while growing up, I always felt closer to my dad than my mom. I mean, my dad just made me feel like safe. He re always reassured me. He let me know that no matter what, everything was gonna be okay. And then if I ever needed anything, I knew he was gonna be there for me. And um, now, with my mom, my relationship with her, I don't know what it was, but we just weren't, just weren't as close. But anyway, I love both my parents. Um, now, my friends always said that we have the perfect family. Is there any other perfect families out there? <laughs> okay. So they said we had the perfect family because our parents never fought. My mom stayed at home till I was in middle school. And even though we looked like maybe the perfect family, everybody was shocked, including me, when my parents split up and divorced. They looked good on the outside, but on the inside, things didn't look too good. They were a little messy and a little ugly. Now, I think it's sad sometimes how we can get really skilled at pretending. Like, I can get really skilled at pretending, I don't know about you. Looking good on the outside, when inside, you're not doing so hot. Any of you pretenders out there? All right, be proud. It's the first step to admitting it, you know? You gotta admit it. <laughs> so anyway, um, when it comes to Thanksgivings, I barely remember Thanksgiving celebrations with families. They're kind of overshadowed by the memory of my first Thanksgiving without my dad. I was 16 years old, and the house was just really empty that year. We didn't go to the extended family, you know, where all my aunts, uncles, cousins, and everything were. My dad came from a really big family. We didn't go there. We stayed home. My mom was an only child, um, and it was just me and my brother and my sister and my grandmom. It felt pretty empty, pretty, pretty lonely. Now the thing that made that Thanksgiving day even emptier was I was, it was the phone call that I was waiting for that never came. I waited and waited for the phone to ring just so I could hear my dad's voice. I wanted him to tell me everything was going to be okay. I wanted him to tell me that he loved me. I wanted him to reassure me that even though there was so much brokenness in our family, that one day everything would be okay. I was brokenhearted, I was hurt, and I felt rejected. Now, thankful was like the last thing that I felt that day. <clears throat> Thankful wasn't even in my vocabulary. I was too focused on the emptiness of not hearing that phone ring, the emptiness of not being with the rest of the family. I was hungry. I was hungry for attention. I was hungry for love. Now, we all come from different backgrounds and families, and we probably experience both good and not so good memories of our holidays. They can be times of joy, like I hope tomorrow's a time of joy, and they can also be times of sadness. They can be times of emptiness and fullness, isolation and connection, connectedness, 
So wherever you are, and whatever, wherever you are tomorrow, like on the spectrum, is fine. The question I want us to think about and consider tonight is what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for this Thanksgiving Eve? Are you hungry for a literal meal? Are your kitchen cabinets almost empty? Um, if they are, please don't pretend. Please let somebody know. Are you hungry for attention from an ap a parent, a spouse, a close friend? Are you hungry for comfort from a loss or an upset or something else? Are you hungry for reassurance, recognition, power, control? Try to notice what you're hungry for. Now, another way we may ask this question is, what is your soul hungry for? Is it hungry for healing, forgiveness, hope, help, courage, honesty, truth, direction, a miracle, love? What are you hungry for? Now, the more important question is, what are you going to feed that hunger with? So there's lots of hungry people in the world, hungry for all sorts of things, hungry from food to love. Tonight, we're going to consider how God would have us solve the hunger problem. And I believe when we allow God to solve it in us, our natural response is authentic praise and thanksgiving. Absolutely. <laughs> so there's lots of good examples in the Bible we can look at tonight. We're going to go to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 25 through 35. If you have your Bibles, your smartphones, you can pull them out. It begins with, When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So Jesus tells the people straight up, You came looking for me today because yesterday I fed you and you were satisfied. You were hungry and I gave you food to eat. Isn't it interesting how they weren't looking for him, how they were looking for him, not because they were a firsthand witness to a miraculous sign, because the day before they got filled with a meal with the feeding of the 5,000. They got their bellies filled that day. Don't we all love a free meal? <laughs> now this meal was so much more than that, right? It was a heaven-sent feast. Jesus was the host, and he served, like I said, over 5,000 people with only five small loaves and two small fish. The people had their hunger satisfied. And here's the thing that I love about this story is Jesus knew they were hungry. Like, they didn't even have to tell him they were hungry. He knew they were hungry, and he had compassion for them and their hunger. Not only did he have compassion for them and their hunger, but he gave them food 
that would satisfy. Now here's the thing, Jesus knows what each one of you are hungry for tonight. And he will give you food. He will give you food that satisfies the hunger within. So Jesus tells them, he says, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So do not work for food that spoils. What is this food that spoils? (laughs) First, it's a biblical reference to the manna that God gave the Israelites in the desert. Moses gave them specific instructions regarding collecting their daily allotment of manna. I don't know if any of you guys remember what that was, but if someone collected more than they needed on a given day, right, if they purposely intended to take more than they needed to maybe save it for the next day, thinking that God wasn't going to put the manna out again, right, maybe they got a little scared, um, what happened to the manna? It spoiled. That's right. It spoiled, and it was useless. Not only that, but it stank, and it had maggots in it. I can't even imagine. I don't even want to look at that. That makes me not hungry. (laughs) Um, So for me, when I think of when we work for food that spoils, we go outside of God's intent for feeding the daily hungers in our life. So instead of us believing and depending and trusting on God to feed our physical hunger and our spiritual hunger, we take charge attempting to satisfy and feed our hunger ourselves. Yeah, we don't rely on God. Um, When we attempt to feed our hunger, we usually do it in very, very unhealthy ways. At least I did, and sometimes still do. So it takes work to do this. It takes energy that's misdirected. It goes outside of God's purpose for your life. And we, in a sense, as the old song goes, we are looking for love in all the wrong places. So for example, if we're hungry for acceptance, when we try to feed that, we typically feed it from acceptance from others and we'll take acceptance from anyone even if it means compromising what we believe in value to receive it. Workaholics, like they feed their need for recognition, self-esteem, and power at the expense of their marriage, children, family, and often their own health. We feed our spiritual hungry souls with all types of other addictions, food, alcohol, drugs, relationships, shopping, gambling, Video games, pornography, Facebook. (laughs) I knew that was going to hit somebody. (laughs) I noticed I didn't put mine down there, which is TV. So Jesus says, Work instead for food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. And as the passage continues, then they asked him, what must, we, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, 
to believe in the one he has sent. Everybody say that with me. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They asked Jesus what they must do to do the work of God. What must I do to do that work? They wanted Jesus to give them like a a hit list, a little bullet list, you know, an A, B, C. Do this, that, and this, and you'll get eternal life. Eternal life, however, doesn't work that way. It's not about doing the right thing. It's not about working our way into heaven. It's about faith, and it's about belief. So Jesus tells them simply, the work of God is this. Everybody say it with me. Not that. (laughs) The work of God is this. We all said it once. To believe in the one he sent. Right. To believe in the one he has sent. That's it. Believe in the one he sent. Nothing else. John 16 John 3, 16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Believe in him. This is also not a once-and-done belief. We need to believe in him daily for our help. We need to let him help us each day with all the opportunities, challenges, and joys we're faced with on a regular basis. We need to believe that tomorrow God is going to provide for your every need. We need to believe that tonight, whatever you need, that God is going to be there to give it to you. We have to believe. Now, the people here, though, the crowd, they didn't get it. It went over their head. It was too easy. It was too simple. You can't tell me that all I have to do is believe. They ask for a sign. Give me a sign. Who wants a sign? Give me a sign. It's ironic they ask for a sign after the miraculous feeding of the 5,000 the day before. That was certainly a divine sign. (laughs) What will you do, they ask. What will you do, Jesus? Moses gave us bread from heaven. It's like they're saying, top that. If you can beat that, like we'll believe you, God. Do a sign. Believe with conditions. That not, that's not the way faith works. We believe by faith. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Say those last two lines with me. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So Jesus does give them a sign. He tells them that God is doing something greater for them. 
He says, it's not Moses who has given you this bread. Notice the present tense of the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you, he gives you the true bread. Essentially, he's saying, you get the true bread from heaven, not your ancestors. I'm going to back up one second here. I'm going to read this again because I don't know if um, I missed that a little bit, like in here. Like I said the words, but sometimes I don't know if you ever say the words and yet you're just saying them. So I want to back up for a second. I want to read this again where it says, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So Jesus does give them a sign. He tells them God is doing something much greater for them. It wasn't, it's not Moses who has given you this bread. It's my Father who gives you, what does he give? He gives the true bread. Everybody say the true bread. So essentially saying, you get the true bread of heaven, not your ancestors. They didn't get that. They didn't get the true bread. They got the manna. You get the true bread. You get the true bread. Thank you. And you know what? Connection Church, we get the true bread. You get the true bread. We all get the true bread. They had God in the flesh, Jesus, standing and speaking directly to them in that moment. And you know, the thing is, is he is here in our midst. Right now, Matthew 20, 18, 18, 20 tells us, if we believe, when two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Jesus is here in the midst of us. The true bread is here. Jesus, the true bread that came down from heaven. He came down from heaven. He was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house, of, the house of bread, the true bread who was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread who came down from heaven. He gives life to the world, life to you and life to me, not only physical life in our flesh, but abundant life. Life in our spirits, life that can only be found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. He gives us that life And the people continue continue to say to him, Sir, they say, always give us this bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Whoever comes to me, we need to believe, will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The people want the true bread from Jesus. They're hungry for it. Are you hungry for it? Do you want the bread of life, the true bread? I know I'm hungry for it, because without that, I am nothing. Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. What a promise. What a promise in that.
You know, after that th first Thanksgiving with my dad, I finally did connect with him. I was able to tell him how much I missed him, how much I loved him, and he was able to do the same for me. The thing about that day, back when I was 16, is I slowed down enough to realize that there was a huge emptiness and hole in my soul that could only be filled by God. I didn't know that then, but it could only be filled by God. My dad, no matter how good he was, could never fill that hole within me. Whenever we try to fill that hole with people, places, or things, it just doesn't work. And I sought to feed that hunger for many years. I filled it with all types of things. I filled it with alcohol. I filled it with drugs, food, relationships, friends, self-reliance, shopping. I really don't rec recommend it because you know what? It doesn't work. <laughs> the only thing I found that is powerful enough to satisfy the hunger within, the spiritual hunger, to fill that God-shaped hole that we all have in our heart is God's love. The day I believed and received Jesus into my heart when I took in the bread of life was the day that my hunger pangs dissipated. And I began to live, Amen. to live life to the full. I became thankful, thankful. I don't know if you can ever remember having that hole in your soul, but when it's filled, man, I'm thankful. I see Paul's thankful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thankful that I don't have to walk around looking for my acceptance from other people. Thankful that I don't have to look for my love from other men and relationships. Thankful that I don't have to look for my, you know, just being okay as a person by somebody telling me I'm okay. Because when God fills that hole, I know I am okay and I am thankful. I'm thankful for so many things, and um, just thankful. So where are the hungry places, or are there hungry places and spaces in your life? Are you hungry for, for the true bread, for more of that tonight? Wherever you are, whenever you're hungry, whether it's tonight, next week, next month, anytime, whenever you're hungry, remember to reach out to God, to reach out to Jesus with an open heart and open hand because he will feed your hunger. Let him feed your hunger. Depend on him. Listen to his voice. Act on the promptings and the, the promptings that he gives us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust him to solve your hunger problem. Eat food that endures to eternal life. All we have to do is believe. So I just want to say, like, <laughs> if there's anybody who has never taken in the true bread, if there's anybody who hungers in their soul for this ache that you just haven't been able to fill, Don't leave here tonight without 
asking God to come into your heart. Don't leave here without um, saying, Jesus, I, I need you. I need you to fill the hunger, the holes in my life. I need you to fill it. Um, you know, I would never wish the, the life I had so many years without God on anyone. So I don't want that for anybody. So if you're here and you have that hunger ache, please ask God to come into your heart because he will and you will be thankful. <laughs> Let us pray. Gracious God, wow, I just, um, I thank you for your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, your love. Lord, we thank you that um, you do fill in the hungry places of our lives, Lord. Help us um, each pause and reflect and see if there's uh, spaces in our life that we haven't completely let you in, Lord. Let us offer them to you, and as we um, come forward in a few minutes to receive the bread of life. So, Lord, I thank you for each person here, and um, I thank you that you came down from heaven to feed us, to satisfy our hunger. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.